I, I think the, the transition from me growing up in Mexico to come in the U.S. is, is something that I, um, I believe made me stronger. Uh, example is um, when you walk into a new culture, which is the U.S., the language is different. So you've had to, you have to learn a new language in elementary school or whenever you come over, right? I think that that along with learning a new culture um, makes you a person that is going to be flexible, that um, needs to adapt um, to different environments. And I think that that helped me along the way because whether it was moving on to college or moving on to a career, you become a person that um, is not afraid of change and you are able to look at the new environment, new community that you're in, but become part of the culture while still not um, necessarily losing your values or your beliefs mm. um, and try to work with the, the, mm. the whether it's a new team or um, in a different environment as best as possible. Live from Gil Silva Family Studio in Salinas, California, the salad bowl of the world. Welcome to the podcast designed to inspire the only one built with ganas. You're going to work harder than you ever worked before. And the only thing I ask from you is ganas. Desire, If you don't have the ganas, I will give it to you because I'm an expert. From the founders of Gill Basketball Academy that empowers youth to play hard, work hard, study hard, and overcome obstacles. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can't do it. You want something, go get it. Period. Real interviews with real people about real life. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. And now it's time for Ganas, leading from the heart. This episode was sponsored by Plaza Properties. Plaza Properties and Dan O'Brien have managed departments in Salinas since the 1980s. Plaza Properties believes in the mission of the Gill Basketball Academy and is proud to contribute to our podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ganas, Leading from the Heart. I am Jose Gill, coach, teacher, father, husband, and a lifelong believer in Ganas, which translates to desire. Today on the show, excited to have Ricardo Cabrera on the show. How are you doing, Ricardo? Doing well. Doing well. Good morning. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna switch this to uh, Rico because we know everybody knows you as Rico, and uh, in in this in the educational school system here, teachers and local Eastside community of the Alisal Union School District, in which you are the associate superintendent, Mr. Cabrera. But we're gonna keep it a little more personal here with Rico. Great, you good with yeah, that? That sounds better. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, so no, you know we're excited to have you on the show because um, you're doing amazing things and and you're growing up in the you're you're moving up in the ranks of the educational system and um, myself and and my wife being uh, educators ourselves and many people in our academy that volunteer that coach with us and that are involved. You know, we're somehow connected to the educational system in which we know that it's important to have positive role models around our kids in our academy, which we average about 500 kids in our academy so that they could have someone to look up to. Right. And especially you being a local homegrown, you know, product, it's, it's, it's just, uh, uplifting to have you on the pod. Um, because it's, it's, uh, your story is an amazing story. Well, thank you. Thank you for those words. Um, like you said, there's, there's a lot of people in, in the academy and around our community, 
that are doing many great things. And of course, many of those things are in education or other sectors, but those of us who are in education um, definitely look forward to continuing um, to improve our community and giving as much as we can to make sure that the next generation keeps moving forward. Yeah, we, we always, I mean, I always tell our, our, our coaches on campus at Alsa High School, which I'm the athletic director at, and you know that, that we, we, we're, we're coaching student athletes, right? Which means that you're a teacher coach. You are a teacher before you're a coach. You gotta teach the sport. And so we make that really clear that um, it's about, you know, going back and say, okay, how can I correct this kid? How can I help this kid? How can I teach this kid to be a better athlete or better in whatever sport, right? And so um, coaches, you know, we're teachers, you know, uh, parents were teachers, right? How do we help one of our kids who's struggling in, in, in a sport, let's say, for example, how can, as a parent, how could we help them? So it's very important that we have people like you to look up to and say, okay, you know, um, for advice, right, for things like that. But before we dive into more of that subject matter, um, can you tell us a little bit more about Ricardo Cabrera? Where, where are you from? What's your family upbringing, your roots? Because you are very well connected to your roots and to your upbringing and, and uh prideful of, of, of your journey. So tell us more about your story. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I come from a family of seven, um, children or six siblings I have. So I'm, I'm the seventh of the, of the family, uh, I was born and raised in Mexico and the state of Michoacan. Um, early on, um, our family was not together because my father and two of my sisters uh, migrated to the U.S. and they were here working their way or getting enough um, money to bring the rest of, uh, of the family um, to the U.S. So when we were able to um, migrate to the U.S., the whole family came. Um, so around 1976 or so is when the first time that the whole family was together. And that's the opportunity that we had to migrate to the U.S. So. I came here when I was um, in third grade of elementary school, uh, landed in Chular, which is a small town here in the central coast, and then eventually uh, moved to Salinas around 1979-1980, went to elementary school, um, middle school, and high school here in Salinas. And then after that, um, I did my undergrad at UC Davis. Um, originally, I was an um, ag major because, of course, Ag is a big influence here in the Central Coast. And with the advice of my father, not knowing what to do when I was graduating high school, he, he advised that I take a look at Ag as a possible uh, career, which I did, but eventually I did some um, uh, work with several uh, camps or uh, with migrant students, uh, especially a program at UC Santa Cruz called the Yo Puedo, which is I Can program. And it was in that program while I was working with middle school students that the spark to become a teacher um, occurred. And so halfway through my um, undergrad work at UC Davis, I transferred into education. Then I did my graduate school at, well, I got my credential at UCLA, um, and then eventually started working at my alma mater, which is Alice High School, around 1992-93. Um, I worked there for six years, and then I moved on to, as a teacher, and then I moved on to administration at the elementary level at the Alosa Union School District around 1998-99. Um, I did some work as an assistant principal, 
I worked for as a principal for about 11 years, and I've been in human resources since about 2012, 2013. And so that's a little bit of my background and, and also education, um, which is where uh, I am now as the Associate Superintendent of Human Resources with the Alisa Union School District. Yeah, and do you, you know, you talked about you growing up and uh, um, your journey through your childhood, but do you ever find yourself using your story of, I grew up here, I, I went through the school system, I, I've been where your kid is, right? Conversations with parents when it comes to decision-making, because at times we know that um, sometimes parents, you know, hear half-truths from kids, right? And so, uh, you know, your story of, of being being from this community, right? Growing up here in the East Salinas and uh, being raised here and dealing with kids that are actually going through the same struggles that we went through, right? Growing up here and um, dealing with the parents and talking to them about your story. Like, Hey, okay. I, I know what you're talking about. Cause I've been through it. Right. I'm sure that must be a positive and a, and a way to stir a conversation for you to lead. Right. In many directions. Yeah. Um, well, I think um, the, First, being bilingual um, helps quite a bit to work in our community because the majority of our parents um, are monolingual Spanish speakers. So that automatically gets you into a space where um, if you're not bilingual, you really can't get in there. So it when, when it comes to talking with parents in the community, um, it puts them at ease because they're speaking in a language that they can understand. And so they're able to express themselves in, um, in a manner which um, will get their point across. The other thing for, for, as you were saying, growing up in the Alisa community, you do have a certain experience that um, people may not um, be able to understand if you didn't grow up here. So you're able to talk to them about um, opportunities that are out there and that if people are able to work hard, that um, they will be successful in what they're wishing to do. So I think that... Um, going through the system here, whether it was elementary school, middle school, or high school, does give people like myself and yourself, who also has the same experience, um, an opportunity to work with parents in a, in a different manner than those who may not have gone through at least a system like this one. Yeah, can we discuss the importance of your role as an associate superintendent? What do you, what do, you do on a daily basis, and, and how, what decision-making abilities do you have that are impactful and uh that uh, maybe the general community person out there podcast doesn't know right what mm -hmm. um your, your your responsibility your role is well i think that the the main responsibility is to hire and retain and retain quality staff um, i think we owe it to our um, students and our parents to ensure that the staff that um we're bringing into the district is um, our people that are going to be working hard to make sure that our students are successful, whether it's a classroom teacher, an administrator, a campus supervisor, a bus driver, anyone that comes into our district, we wanna make sure that their, um, their main focus is the success of our students. So that's our main responsibility to recruit and retain staff. We also um, uh, provide some professional development for um, our staff and that's so they can keep growing, so they can keep learning and become better people at their jobs. And I think one of the other uh, major um, 
points that um, or responsibilities that we have is to maintain um, a professional working relationship uh, or working environment. And that is um, with the staff, with the adults. Um, so we work with schools, departments, when there are issues that are occurring and we go in there and we try to um, uh, make sure that um, people are working in an environment where they're going to be successful and where everybody will be a professional. You being a local product of the East Salinas public school system, in which myself, I also went through the ranks. Um, what is your take on public versus private, right? Because I know there's parents out there that sometimes think like, oh, if I put my kid through the, the private school system, they're going to get better teachers. They're going to get, you know, more money for my, for my, for my, how can I say it? You know, uh, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, as far as like, you know, they think that they're getting maybe more because they're actually paying, you know, but the reality is, like you said, it's your role to bring the best into our school system so that the kids can get right. Um, the best quality education, right. Whether it's even a worker cafeteria custodian classified, you know, certified, but, um, what, what is your take on the private versus public sector? Yeah, um, I, in terms of private versus public, uh, of course, I went through a public um, education um, all my career here in the U.S. Um, in Mexico, I did attend um, two or three years of, of a private school, but that's the only experience I have. In terms of my student, my, my children, all of my children went through public school, and at the university, they're still at, at a... Um, public school university, I would say that um, one of the most important things, whether it's private or public, is um, parental support. If the parents are there encouraging their children to be success successful, um, keeping tabs of what is happening on a weekly, daily basis, and talking to their children, I think that um, they will realize that um, schooling is important to the family. And um, I'm sure there are opportunities both at the private and public. Um, and also, I think what, what matters quite a bit is also that the, the child, I think that some children thrive in a public school because they're able to uh, work in that type of environment, um, which is usually a larger school. And others, um, children will thrive in a smaller school, which is usually what a private, private school is. It's a smaller classes. Um, and are able to um, feel better in that type of environment. Um, again, not having um, a lot of private school uh, experience, um, either with my children or myself, um, I'm not able to, to compare um, many of the things, but I would, I want to go back to what I said originally. I think if the parental support is there and the communication is there, I think both of them can be um, a great place for, for students. Yeah, no, we're very well said. And, and, uh, um, you know, the smaller class size, right. You know, can work for some people. Right. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and then private may offer that opportunity. Right. But I, I think what you said is, is you hit it dead on. It's what's a better fit for you. Right. You know, everybody knows your kid, right. Everybody mm -hmm. knows their kid and everybody knows what they have or they should know. Right. Sometimes there's denial, right. We all know that, but, 
um, you know, whatever's the best fit for them. But yeah, no, very well said. And I appreciate you answering that sincerely because through your own experiences, like you said, your kids have been going through public and they're in public now at UCLA and, you know, all mm-hmm. the different schools. But, um, you know, what are there any obstacles that you've had to overcome in your journey that have made you stronger or shaped you into the person you are right now? I, I think the, the transition from um, me growing up in Mexico to come in the U.S. is, is something that I, um, I believe made me stronger. Uh, example is um, when you walk into a new culture, which is the U.S., Obviously, there's there's different um, the language is different, so you've had to you have to learn a new language in elementary school or whenever you come over, right? I think that um, that that along with learning a new culture um, makes you a person that is going to be flexible that um, needs to adapt um, to different environments, and I think that that helped me along the way because whether it was moving on to college or moving on to a career, you become a person that um, is not afraid of change and you are able to look at the new environment, new community that you're in, and you try to um, uh, blend in, well, I'm not sure if blend is, but but become part of the culture while still not um, necessarily losing your values or your beliefs um, and try to work with the, the, the whether it's a new team or um, in a different environment as best as possible. Yeah, awesome. And what, what is your best tip for making our community a better place? Because, you know, there's many of us that are have these projects and nonprofits and volunteer here, volunteer there. Mm-hmm. But but what what's your advice for for us or for for the general public to make their community a better place? I think if you take a look at the needs of the community, understand what um, what needs to happen in order to make our community a better place to live, then you understand how to become involved. And one way to get involved is to give your time to whatever cause you believe is going to help our community get stronger. Um, if time is not there, maybe some people have um, money. Um, they can donate again to the causes. And then I also think another way of getting involved is to get, in, get involved in local government as much as possible because um, understanding um, how politics works and um, how that sector is going to um, make our community better than if you get involved in either politics um, or giving time to the causes or donating money, I think it'll help our community um, continue to get better and stronger. Yeah, very well said, especially, you know, just get involved, right? Just get mm-hmm. involved and, and uh, whatever you can do to impact, I'm sure will be greatly appreciated by any organization that you volunteer for or you donate to. Um, how would you like to be remembered? Uh, I think I would like to be remembered as a good father, a good husband, a good family man. Um, that's most important to me right now. Um, in terms of, of work, I mean, um, I just go in there and I do my best. I'm not expecting anybody to uh, say, you know, this guy did this, this guy did that. I just go in there and do my best. But what's more important to me is, is my family. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, Ganas is the name of our show, and you exemplify that perfectly by demonstrating your commitment to the community through your actions. And, you know, as a, as a, as a great father role model, 
What advice do you have for our podcast listeners when it comes to the topic of ganas? Yeah, I think um, uh, I think I shared this earlier, but be the best at what you do. Um, you control your own destiny. Um, you are the one that is going to shape your life. Sure, there may be some obstacles um, that are there, and some of them you can't control. But I think what you can control, you should take. You should take it um, and do whatever it is that you want to do, but do the best at it. And I think that if you do the best many great things will happen. Wow. It's been great having you on the pod. And uh, I'm glad we, we were able to make this happen because I know you're a very busy man. Um, you know, once again, you know, father of beautiful children and your wife being a, an amazing teacher herself. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, direction that you always get pulled into wanting to, you know, we need you here, we need you there. But we appreciate you being on the pod and taking time to to, for people to know your story and to give great advice because that's what you've done today. You've dropped dimes, as we say in sports, right? You're just dropping dimes, getting assists. So thank you, man. Thank you for being on. Yeah, thank you, Jose. I appreciate the opportunity. And um, hopefully you can continue um, with this podcast and um, it'll be uh, something that is positive for our community. So I appreciate also what you do. Gracias. And that's our show today. We'd like to thank Ricardo Cabrera for being a special guest on our podcast. From our GBA family to yours, continue to lead with Ganas. Thank you for listening to Ganas, leading from the heart. If you found this podcast episode interesting, please make sure to share with your family and friends. We have a valuable collection of episodes with inspiring guests. We'd appreciate if you subscribe to our show, Ganas, leading from the heart. Now this is America.